It smells bad. It smells like creatine. Um, mm. All right. <laughs> go, go, go. It smells like respect. Uh, welcome to Movie the Podcast. That's right, Movie the Podcast. It is St. Wactrix Day. Yes. We watched an Irish cop movie. Irish cop. We never heard that before. It's called The Guard. Oh, my God. It's you know what? I, I totally, the stereotype flew over my head completely. It stars uh, Donald Cheadle and uh, Brendan Gleeson yes. and uh, The Onion Knight and Mark Strong and The yes. Island of Ireland. And it's that's, about a That's guard. psychopath guy. He was in Game of Thrones, too, wasn't he? He's he been in a bunch of things. Very familiar. He's I been like, in a bunch of things also with Brendan Gleeson, actually. He looked very. I was like, I could have sworn he was in like the Bloody Mummers or something. But also, shout out to Martin McDonough, executive producer on the Guard, keeping it Irish, keeping it one hundred. Well, his brother wrote it and directed it. No shit. Yeah, I said, man, basement rules. Yeah, I said that last week. That I didn't this, know. This is Martin McDonough's brother. Um, oh, that's why it's pretty. I feel like it, it's a little similar in tone to his. Stuff. It is. It's one. It's McDonough esque. But yeah, this is written and directed by his brother, whose first name eludes me right now. But his last name is McDonough. <laughs> Let's call him Cliff. <laughs> it's not. It's certainly not Cliff. Cliff McDonough. Classic Irish name. Cliff. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So we watched the guard. I am uh, guard. Very, very interested in everybody's thoughts on this one. I because I, I don't. Do you, really, do, you, do you think it's going to be polarizing? I don't know. I don't know. I've finished it, and I was like, I, I, ge- I don't know either way. But I'm gen. I was generally like, I wonder what the guys are going to think about this one because I, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I, I just am interested in seeing how it's going to turn out. You want to just yeah. jump right to the end? No. Okay. No, of course not. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> Alec wants to get out of his hot tub. <laughs> He's all pruny. <laughs> um. What did you all watch this past week? And I turned the mic to Mister Alec. Uh, just one thing. One thing. Uh, I went and watched the Woody Harrelson basketball movie Champions. Oh, I thought we were going to say White Men Can't Jump. Nope, the other one. I didn't know he had another one. I'll Champions be frank with you. It just a, came a, out. Like a disabled person as the main character or something? Like I saw most, of the, most of the cast is intellectually handicapped. Oh, okay. I just saw like a um, promo for it on TikTok or something briefly. Hell yeah! It's like the Ringer, but they didn't intersperse the the cast with the real actors uh, pretending they were mentally challenged. It's just they're all mentally challenged, right? Um, it's really funny. It's really good. Uh, Woody Harrelson is a basketball coach in a basically the NBA G League, which is like their minor leagues. Um. And he gets fired for shoving his boss, who was Ernie Hudson. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> gets arrested for drunk driving, and in lieu of going to jail for 90 days, the judge assigns him to coach this oh, uh, that- youth group basketball, or youth center basketball team of Special Olympics athletes. They mighty Duxton. Yeah. And, and technically, uh, yeah. Longest Yard had the same uh, plot device, too, remember? With Adam Sandler because he got drunk, but he he went to full. Well, he went prison. to fucking jail. Never yeah, mind. He, would, he didn't get the Gordon <laughs> Bombay treatment and just got to coach youth football. True, um, but it's really funny. I thought it was really entertaining. Um, <laughs> a lot of surprisingly risque jokes 
um, from the cast. Uh, lots of sex jokes that were yeah. kind of unexpected. About threesomes and banging their girlfriends and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm nice. in. I'm totally in. But it's really funny. And like Woody Harrelson is charming as hell. Uh, He's great. Caitlin Olsen, not Caitlin Olsen. Caitlin. Yeah, Caitlin Olsen from Sunny. Yeah. Oh, she. she yeah, her. she's like the female lead, and she's really good at it. Um. Ernie Hudson is in it. Uh, Cheech Marin is uh, the, like, I guess he runs the youth center or something. But uh, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It's uh, It was better than I expected, and I feel like it was probably not quite as funny as The Ringer, but it was more genuine than The Ringer. Yeah, the ringer is kind of slept on though. Like I, I, I remember really thinking that was pretty funny back in the day. So it's, yeah, it's, it's insane premise. And that 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 one kid from the ringer, they ended up bringing him into that that episode of Workaholics, which is really oh, yeah. funny too. That was a great episode. Got a hot box with God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's directed by uh, a Farrelly. Oh no! Oh. Shit. I think Peter and they are. Known for casting, uh, the developmentally disabled. Yeah, I, I don't want to say the wrong term. Mentally yeah. challenged. Yeah, people in their movies in roles that they are not the butt of the joke; they make the joke. Yeah, respect, and, respect for that. And he got, and he got to do that for like this whole movie. And Woody Harrelson is the butt of like all the jokes. Well, that's what made the Ringer work, right? Yeah, same idea. Uh, yeah, I think it, it I think it works. I think it works better here with Woody Harrelson than Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, Woody Harrelson has a little bit more gravitas than uh, Johnny Johnny Knoxville. Isn't it kind of wild, like how Woody Harrelson went from being just like doofus on Cheers to being like a really good actor? He's got like, I mean, he's got like incredible range too as to what kind of character he can be. You know what I mean? Like he's very good. Oh, he can be menacing. He can be charming. He can be mm-hmm. silly. He's like, he's, I, I think he's slept on as well. I think he's, you think he's great typically. Oh yeah. He's, he's a guy that like, I feel like he's always good. Like I, I don't know. Talking about he's never the problem in the movie. Martin, talking about Martin McDonough movies. Like he's fantastic in fucking three billboards and, Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, he's, he's wonderful in Seven Psychopaths, which you still need to see. I need to watch. Yes. Uh, anything else? Eh. Uh, at, sure, this, uh, at this point, at this point, don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I would say uh, no. There's no. I didn't watch any other movies. Um, we're watching the show on Apple TV called Shrinking, which has uh, Jason Segel and Harrison Ford. Oh yeah. Um, I saw a commercial for that, and it's 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 the same, basically the same creative team as Ted Lasso, oh, okay. um, and it's it's really fucking good. Like it's really funny, it's and Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford is so good in it. It's just like it's basically like how I how I would expect him to act in real life. He's like a cantankerous curmudgeon, but he's also funny and just like a dick. So he's actually like trying Harrison Ford. That's good. Yeah. It's not, not, like, not was part, part time. time. <laughs> part time. <laughs> um, Can't wait for that new Indiana. What's, what's the show about? 
Uh, Jason Siegel. Well, actually, Harrison Ford is a therapist. Jason Siegel is a therapist who works under Harrison Ford, like in his practice. And Jason Siegel's wife died like a year ago, and he's trying to get his shit back together with his daughter and his family. While Harrison Ford's dealing with other shit, Jason Siegel's like the main character. Nice. But uh, Harrison Ford's really good at it. The whole cast is really good. It's a really good show. Um, but I would check it. I think the last episode is about to air this week, and it's uh, it's enjoyable. Um, the neighbors. The wife is played by. The woman who played Kate on the Drew Carey show. I can't remember her name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't think of her name. And her husband is Jefferson Darcy from Married with Children. Love that guy. And he's he's so goddamn funny. There's a scene where they're like driving, he's driving by, and something's happening outside. This old lady is racially profiling somebody. And his wife is out there trying to figure out what's going on. He's driving by, he's like, hey, honey. Hey Pam, and she's like, no, we're not talking to Pam. I was like, oh, <laughs> eat a dick, Pam. <laughs> Keeps driving. It's really funny. Um, I enjoy it, but I know I know Apple TV is kind of lost for a lot of people. It's not as uh, many, not as yeah. accessible as a, a lot of the streamies due to the uh, people not wanting to give up their uh, Apple ID codes. Yeah, which I, don't I get. I can I need I can put it on the Plex though. I mean I got that severance on the Plex that I still need to watch. I, what's, uh, Apple, yeah. I, what's Apple TV I, run a month? Uh, you know I don't know. We have a free thing for it right now from like, something. I think it's like eight dollars, something like that. It's not much. And also coming up, not I know you don't care, guys. I don't know why. I think I saw your Orioles shirt. They have like live baseball every Friday or Saturday or something like that on there. Yeah, they'll rotate the, around like the and game the broadcast or something. Is, the broadcast is super weird. <laughs> like the way, at least if they don't change it from last year, last year it literally looked like you were watching like an Xbox game. It was like really strange. Like, but uh, yeah, because I remember there was like one Oriole game towards the end of the season, and it was exclusively on Apple TV. And I was like, "What am I looking at?" It was so like I give him credit. I mean, it was different, but I was like, "What am I looking at?" Yeah, but so all those. Wild. All those different like streaming services that start are starting to do the sports. Like they're all trying to like differentiate their product, and it's like you know sometimes you just got to stick with what you got to yeah. stick with the basics that people are used to at first, and then maybe then yeah. maybe should choose to do different shit a little later on. Yeah, no, I completely like when agree. Fox first started. I don't even know if Fox does hockey anymore, but when Fox first started doing hockey. And they had like the the, 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 the animated the, puck, yeah, the <laughs> yeah, glowing the puck tail and shit the like puck. that. That was great. To to be fair though, watching hockey on a standard definition TV is like super hard. <laughs> like I don't think we can appreciate that nowadays. But like watching hockey on like an old television was fucking impossible. So that's oh, probably I couldn't, even, I couldn't even imagine watching it on like a tube TV now. Oh, yeah. I, like I used to be back in the day, but yeah, it was you can't. Hard. It's hard to it's hard to see the puck. Now, <laughs> yeah, like on a <laughs> yeah, let alone on a tiny little rounded glass screen. Oh God, remember those days? Uh, anything uh, else, my friend? No, that's all I watch. There's a few other shows that I watch bits of here and there, but nothing. Uh, well, I guess I did finish The Last of Us. And that show fucking rocks. Did you like it? Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, the show's fucking awesome. I'm like, really I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait for season two, even though from what I understand, it's going to be super depressing. Yeah, even I, more so than season one. And season I, one had its fair share of depressing shit. I absolutely love part two. Like, I love the game, and I'm very excited. I thought, I thought, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but I thought they just, I thought it was a grand slam. I thought they killed it. I thought it was pitch perfect to the game, and it's like the first time I think. It's the first time that they've ever put like care into an adaptation of a video game. Like it's perfect. And I don't know. It seems, it sounds weird because I, I went back and replayed the game uh, during watching the season. And like it was interesting to see like how many lines they just straight lifted from the game. And it well, just, Naughty, I think it, Naughty Dog's good writing. Well, I, I mean, that's just it though, right? Like I think like a lesser production wouldn't do any of that. Cause you know what I mean? Cause it's always like, I feel like with, with these live action adaptations, of video games, they always seem to want to distance themselves from the video game. I mean, we watched enough of them on the show. Did you, uh, did anyone watch the uncharted movie? I, I couldn't even, I couldn't bother. Like I heard it was so bad. And I mean, I, I am very precious about those games and it being bad would have just made me really upset. Uh, Alec, I, I don't do, know. I do. I do remember the one line. It was like, I can't believe we're uncharted. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> Alec, you, you will appreciate this. Um, and Gogs, you will also appreciate this. So, in the the last episode, right, you you see Ellie's mom. Um, that actress is the actress that voiced Ellie in the video games. Oh, that's cool. I thought that was like super cool. So, like the actress that kind of gave birth to that character gave birth to that character in the show. I thought that was a. A very nice touch. Also, the original voice of Joel was in the previous episode. He was one of the disciples of uh, David. So, what's, okay, what's that? What's the actor's name? Uh, I can't think of it right Troy now. Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Pedro Pascal. No, Troy Baker. He's a prolific uh, video game voice actor. He's done like every big voice. It's it's Pedro Troy Pascal Baker. Is uh, oh, he's the awesome. best. He's so good. And I, I don't I think we might have talked about Pedro Pascal a little bit, but like he seems I know this is this may be all bullshit, but like just from interactions you see with him, he seems like such a genuinely nice person. Like I just well, want like, the best for him. Like he doesn't seem like phony at all. He seems just like a generally like like pleasant person and seems to be very appreciative of what he has. Like I don't know. Well it's like him and Kihi Kwan like are both like having oh this like Magical moment in well, the sunlight I mean, yeah, where Pedro like Pascal has been a pretty successful actor for a while, but still, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pedro he, Pascal well, is he's he's been working consistently. I mean, he he he, Kwan has been in shit in thirty but, years. <laughs> hold the phone, pump the brakes. I feel you just like want to compare Pascal everybody to Kiku Kwan right now. I do, I love him, but like so Pedro I. Pascal was like a really good. He's been a good actor for a while. He was what over. He was the the Red Viper of Dorne, right? Mm-hmm. And then he was the Mandalorian. Everybody loves him in that. But I feel like now he's like really. I think people oh, yeah. are finally like people appreciating the, yeah. how good an actor he Pedro is. Pedro Pascal is a guy that us, like guys like us, would be like that guy's always good in movie. You know what I mean? But like normal people didn't really know him. Right. I feel like, like general, that movie, I feel like Gen Pop is finally watched, giving him his due. Remember that movie that we watched a while back? I don't think we did it on the show. I think we watched it all together. That Triple Frontier that he was yeah. in with like Charlie Hunnam yeah. and Ben Affleck. That was a solid movie. But like he was in a lot of stuff like that where he was like well, he was in he was in uh, the Kingsman too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But uh, I love him. He's great. He's fantastic. Yeah, 
Last of Us was really good. I really need to go back and watch uh, Chernobyl because it's the same showrunners. I mean, I I watched like two episodes of it. I need to finish it. I loved Chernobyl. Chernobyl, I couldn't stop watching. I heard it was great. I like I said, I liked the first two episodes. I need to finish it. Um, but it's the same showrunners, Gogs, that that did Chernobyl, mm-hmm. that did Last of Us. Also, Alec, let me ask you a question. Since you just finished it, did you feel is this is a complaint I see often, and I like never felt this once. Did you feel that there was a lack of zombies in the show, or clickers, whatever you want to call them? Like I, I thought they were there was plenty. Like I didn't. I mean, you didn't see one after like episode two, really. But like, it didn't bother me because, just like in The Walking Dead, like yeah, there's zombies everywhere. But the the point of the show is how awful humans are. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like the zombies are the zombies are secondary to. Yeah, to the people, but like when you when you think episode to episode, like you saw, you might have only seen them in like three episodes, three or four episodes, and at that point, like one, like one yeah, well, clicker, because like the, there was the, remember there was that bunch, one. In, there was, was a bunch four, in the one. Ep- there was a bunch okay. in the episode with the where they're escaping. Uh, was it Des Moines? Yeah, the, the with the with the with the bloater that showed up. That was fucking awesome. And then, but like the episode with Nick Offerman, I don't think there were any. No, the episode with uh, where they found his brother, I don't think there were any. The episode with the priest, I don't think there were any. Like, but I don't find it to be a problem because, like, yeah. they're not the ultimate. Yeah, issue. and it. It's not a video game where you have to pad out your storyline with like action. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. Also, yeah. I get it on a one. It's a time thing, and two, it's a money thing. Let's be honest. We all know that. But I didn't. I honestly, it didn't bother me. I kept seeing people complain about it, but I was like, "Where are you? Like, why do you need this? Like, I, I don't know. I was pretty enthralled with the story as it was. But anyway, uh, anything else? Helen? No, God's. Uh, I watched two things and two halves of things. Oh my god, that um, makes that makes three things technically, right? That three things technically. Uh, start with one I'm halfway through, and I'll report back completely next week. Uh, <laughs> report. We're we're halfway through uh, Akira, or I can. Whoa! Um, you said we. Who is we? The royal we. Oh, oh, I thought you. My you kids walked down like, like, "Is this a cartoon?" I'm like, "Go upstairs." I was like you're watching this with your kids. That's no, not a kid I am movie. not. I mean, it's not like. There's nothing like they just wouldn't understand it. There's nothing like uh, it's pretty violent. Yeah, it is violent, but I don't know. Viol- I don't um, pay attention to violence. <laughs> I know. Um, so, but I want them to. I yeah, mean, of need course, them to be completely I, desensitized. I, of course, I, I, I don't, don't listen. To I, just like wash over them, like just like they got clear film. Um, but yeah. no, it's uh. So we'll watch the rest of that, and then I'm also. Uh, halfway through Possum, so I need to watch Ooh, the rest of that. Man, I can't believe you stopped watching. I, that's a tough movie to to jump back into. So it's I'm been. Excited, um, I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are on both of those films. You've never seen Akira before? No, I've never seen Akira Ooh. before. So you know what? You should. Uh, I have all of. So, um, just so you know, Akira ends on kind of a like a weird cliffhanger. But the right. reason that it ends on a weird cliffhanger is because the manga was still going on when the movie came out. Oh. So Akira is kind of the half. Nah, it's like a yeah. I'd say to make it easier, it's about that. The movie stops at about the halfway point of the comic books, oh. and I have 
all of the manga, you should read the manga. Like there, I there's six big volumes, and not to spoil anything, but the story after the movie is kind of almost better than the movie. It's awesome. Super. It's a well, shame that they never made a Tomo or uh, he, the guy that created Kira. He said for years he wanted to make he wanted to make a sequel, and then he said he was going to make a follow up television show for it, but it's never happened. It's a real shame. Well, we'll 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 let, we'll report back on my disappointment next week. I think you'll uh, no. I mean, I still like it's a fucking masterpiece. Like I love that movie. I've watched it a thousand times. The animation alone, even if if you watch the movie with the sound off, the animation is so. The good. animation's pretty wild. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I've I've been watching movies in bits and spurts as I've been like so. I've got this exercise bike, so when I ride that, like I watch a movie, but it's like for like until I'm like out of breath and dying after 45 minutes, so I'm getting them in like little chunks. Um, Are you watching them like live on TNT, so you never get the same one <laughs> and you never finish one? No, I just get to I just like pause and then I go somewhere and I pass out and then I come back. Um, that's how I watch The Guard, actually. Um, but the two whole movies I watched, uh, I guess. Well, I guess I finished uh, Ghost Ship. Uh, that movie's not good. No shit. Um, it is, uh, uh, certifiably bad. The, the, the big kill in the front of it is fun. The rest of it is stupid. (laughs) And then, uh, the ending is, is dumber somehow still. And it's a very of its time new metal. It's just it is just laced with new metal, and like it ends on like like a new metal song as like the ambulance is closing, and then like maybe the demon of the deep, or maybe the 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 ferryman for the river sticks, or whoever the guy is supposed to be is loading Nazi gold back onto another cruise ship to make another souls of the dam. That's like, dude, I am the one. Can I, uh, can, can I just say that? I think that new metal horror is what I, I'm fairly sure we coined that expression okay. and it's one of the best things we've done. It, I was actually talking to somebody about this era of horror movies. And I just said new metal horror. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, well, like Dracula 2000. And like, this is a horror guy. And it like washed over his face. He's like, "Holy shit, that's exactly what it is." I was like, "Yeah, man. like we really yeah. did hit the nail on the head on that one." Like it's we like, coined it. <laughs> yeah, we, we nailed it. Yeah. Whoever so, came uh, up with, I feel like it was a Seanism, but it is fucking spot on. Oh, Sean's not here, by the way. He's uh, he's not suck. He's his dad is retired from getting his dick sucked by Sean, so I'm not sure what he's up to. He's looking for. He's looking to be adopted by someone who's got a. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Ghost Ship is just like a shitty version of Event Horizon. And I know that to be true because then I watched Event Horizon and that movie rules. Uh, it continues to rule. It's Paul W.S. Anderson's best movie. Uh, I, people can throw fucking stones and spears and arrows at that movie all they want all day long. I do not give a toot. Uh, that movie kicks a pile of ass. Uh, there is one thing I noticed on this viewing that I feel like I've never picked up on previous viewings, which is like when the crew finally gets on the event horizon and they get the power systems going again. And yeah, they found the guy who was all fucked up and he fell to the fell to the floor and he shattered because he was in deep freeze. And they're like, oh, some 
Like they're trying to have conversations about maybe the ship isn't haunted, but literally in the background of them saying these words on the bridge is just like alcoves of the command deck that are just literally just piles of blood and viscera and skulls. And the idea of a haunted ship still seems silly to them. Um, but that movie kicks a pile of ass. Sam Neill's great in it. Lawrence Fishburne's great in it. They're the only two people that are like... Sam Neill has blood cancer. Did you hear that? Oh. I know. No. Also, uh, more sad news. Shout out to Lance Reddick. Fucking Baltimore Zone. Like, yeah, rest in peace, Lance right, Reddick. Man, like, that sucks. Yeah. Sam um, Neill? What? Sam Neill's got... Sam Neill oh. has... He announced that he has stage three blood cancer. I didn't even know blood cancer was a thing. No, it's um, what's it called? Um, Lymph- lymphoma. No, that's your lymph- no, that's in your lymph nodes. Um, it's uh, shoot, there's a, it's oh, what you need a bone marrow transplant for. Uh, uh, well, hopefully, hopefully, oh, it's lymphoma. Never mind. I'm, I'm hopefully, wrong. he'll fight, fight his way out of it. But like, man, Sam Neill's a fucking king, dude. That guy's great. That guy is like a sci-fi legend not even sci-fi man like remember hunt for the wilder people that we watched he was so good in that like he's just he's another guy he's like uh woody harrelson we were talking about like he's a guy that's just always good but i feel like his horror sci-fi like library oh, yeah is strong in the mouth of madness in the mouth of madness is fucking slept on like crazy that would be president crazy. president evil he's in president evil isn't he like the president president, president oh. evil yeah, in uh, yeah. Omen 3. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. Good call. President yeah. Evil. He wasn't even the president of that movie. No, <laughs> he was, he was the, like the ambassador. Yeah. yeah, he was the ambassador to London or something. That shit. was such a disappointment in so many ways, especially after the beginning, that weird, like, suicide in the first, like, two seconds of the movie. You're like, oh, this is going to kick ass. dope. Yeah, yeah, then you get, like, actual Jesus shows up. Um <laughs> That's right, but yeah, uh, shout out to Event Horizon. If you if you if you're listening to this show and you haven't seen Event Horizon, I feel like that's a demographic that probably doesn't it's exist. A, it, and it's also like a very good like Lovecraftian movie. Like before that like became like too much of a meme. Like it's hands down Paul W. Anderson's like most nuanced. Is it his first movie? I think it is because no, it just goes as no, it goes by no, no, Paul. No, no, no. no I believe it. he made Mortal Kombat before that. I think Mortal Kombat came first. I mean that movie kind of kicks ass too. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's a lot of fun. Um, but that's everything I watched. TJ. Uh I watched two things. Two things. Uh one, I watched so I I don't know if I've ever had this experience before, but I watched uh I, I had a discovery that so I watched uh Super Cop Three or excuse me, Police Story Three, aka Super Cop. But and I swore that I'd seen this movie before, but apparently the version that I have always seen and I've seen at least half a dozen times is super cop, which is the American cut of the movie. I watched police story three, which is the, the Hong Kong cut. And really the only difference in the movie, and this is a big one. There's a scene where Jackie Chan and Michelle Yao go to a fucking dog meat market. Oh, and, and you hear the dogs like barking and shit in the cages, and you see people like hacking them up. You're like, and it comes out of nowhere. And my American eyes were like, what the whoa, where did this? And I'm, I'm telling you, I was like, I've seen this movie a hundred times. Like, how have I never seen? It? Oh, this is the only scene they edited out of the American version, and I wonder why. And it's not even mm. like an important scene, but it's just so jarring 
to see a fucking dog meat market on a movie. Uh, but uh, you like dogs? <laughs> I, I do. Like, I don't like being chopped up on my plate. Were they selling um, hot dogs? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, Super Cop's great. It's a fun movie. Michelle Yao's great in it. Great martial arts. I mean, I love Jackie Chan. Um, but yeah, it's it, very jarring to watch the the uh, international cut of the film, which I've never seen, or the Hong Kong cut of the film, which I've never seen. Uh, thank you, Criterion Channel. Like, <laughs> um, but it's a cool movie. There's a lot of great fighting in it. It's it's like prime Jackie Chan. Um, highly recommended. Uh, watch, but if if you want to watch it, just find the version that's just called Super Cop. I think it's called Jackie Chan Super Cop. It's the I think Miramax put it out in the late '90s. That don't stay away from Police Story Three, or at least maybe just find the time code for that. Because I don't know, it was it was kind of fucking weird. It, it's like I don't know, it, it fucked me up for a minute. I was like, I don't, I don't know. It was weird. Like you, you see plenty of open air markets and movies with like chickens and stuff and cages and, and like, but when you hear like a dog go, or, or, you're like, oh no, <laughs> they're gonna have to mm. fucking eat that dog. Like, like, uh, but you know, what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> I also watched the movie, um, that I have literally gone, I've been on, on my, you know, Netflix and Amazon and all, and I have skipped over this movie countless times, mm-hmm. uh, because the cover is really corny looking and it looks really generic. Um, but it's a horror movie and it's called Last Shift. Um, and I think it came out in 2013. It's very low budget. Uh, low budget. It got recommended to me because uh, and I found this kind of interesting. So the director, the writer and the director, two separate people, but they both worked on this movie. The writer and the director uh, are remaking this movie. It's coming out this year and they got a bigger budget. So basically they're doing like the Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2 thing where they're going to take the same script, the same movie, and just put a bigger budget behind it. Okay. And I usually hate remakes, but all the same people are involved. And after watching this movie, I, I did really enjoy it. I thought the writing was really strong. I thought the, the lead performance was really strong. But there was definitely moments where you could tell that they were, like, working with, like, a micro budget. Like, there was things where, like... So the, the basic premise of the, the movie is pretty simple. Um, this, this, this is this rookie cop's first day on the job. And they put her in this old precinct. They moved their their precinct from this old building that she's at to this new building. And she has to stay there and basically guard the police station. Just just sit there overnight because they have like a team of cleaners that's going to clean up all this old evidence there. So she's just there for the night. Nothing's get, you know, it's classic horror movie setup, right? Like you just got to stay here tonight. Nothing's going to happen. You'll be fine. And Wasn't then, that the sold on precinct thirteen? Uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, it's it's also like every like you know haunted mansion. You know what I mean? Like it's a very yeah, yeah. ropey start, but it's it's good. It's good fertile ground for a horror uh, story. So you find out that like in this old precinct, they murdered or they these three uh, murderers are like Manson style uh, killers uh, killed themselves in this precinct, and you find out that they're like. Uh, interesting enough, the 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 name of the the cult leader is Payman. Like his name is like oh. Jonathan Payman. So I think that's a that is a a, uh, a reference to the same uh, King of Hell that's uh, in Hereditary because this is pre Hereditary. Um, 
But anyway, uh, long story short, she's haunted by the ghosts of a possibly ghost, possibly real. You don't know. This movie does a great job at like warping reality where you don't know what's real and what isn't anymore. Um, and I don't want to give anything away, but it's a very tales from the cripsy kind of story. Um, but I really liked it and it's, it's really short. It's only like 126 minutes long or something. Um, over two hours. I'm I'm sorry. Like 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 an hour and 27 minutes. An hour and 26 minutes. I did my classic thing. Yeah. It's like, it's a little over an hour and a half or a little under hour and a half. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. I think you can still watch it on Netflix or Amazon. Like it's you can watch right it on, on Tubi. Like I was just I like I did like you've done. I've seen the that cover face with like awful. half. It it looks like a new metal horror cover. The, like it looks cover, like it's well, it's funny too. Because trying if, way hard. If you look at the other covers, like the cover that's on the letterboxed uh, poster, it's really mm-hmm. bad too. Like all of the all of the promotional stuff is terrible, and it looks bad. But I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought that um, the writing was really clever. I liked, I liked where this, like the the ending is not what I expected, and I, I thought it was really good. I, I'm kind of mad I slept on it for so long, and I'm genuinely interested in this remake that they're doing, um, and primarily only because all the same people are involved again. So it's like they get, they get a second chance to kind of probably make more of the movie that they wanted to make to begin with, but they couldn't because they did it on like, I think it was like something crazy, like under a million dollars. Um, but it's real good. I highly recommend it. They're like, nobody, you know, is in it. It's all, you know, no name actors. And, and some of the acting's a little rough. That's what you get with like a lot of low budget stuff. Like a couple of weeks ago, I talked about that first Mike Flanagan movie. That was, it was pretty good, but like, it was definitely weighed down by a lot of like, kind of, you know, low budget acting that's it's a little bit of a problem with this movie at times uh, but the lead's really good and i don't know if i've ever seen her in anything else uh, but overall it's it's a very fun enjoyable horror movie that's kind of over before you know it so i would definitely recommend the last shift uh but so that's this, all- is the new is the new version called malum yeah, it's called Malum, and I don't know where that comes from because they never. That might be the demon that they resurrect or trying to resurrect, but they never mentioned it. But I was look, looking for that name. I knew the name of the sequel or the the remake coming out, and they don't ever mention Malum or anything. So I don't know. Um, but it's quite good. It's it's quite good. I like I said, I really enjoyed it, and for for something that they did on such a low budget, it's very impressive. Um, so yeah, uh, check out Last Shift. It's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, let's get into the guard. Uh, I forget who sent it in the group chat, but I've been saying that all week. The that team from Tim, Team America, we're guards. guards. <laughs> that shit killed me. Um, Gogs, what happened in the guard? So, uh, in the so, guard, so, so, well, so, well, sir. well, uh. <laughs> You're introduced to uh, the titular guard. He did say uh, the Garda or whatever. The it's the name of the I guess the uh, the Irish police. The uh, Garda. Uh, I can't even. I'm not even gonna try and say this. Looks like it's Shochan or whatever. But it is yeah, that 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 uh, Gaelic or whatever. That's a wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but it's the police, and he's a police of this coastal town called Connemara, and it's kind of a one man shop, and. He is impossibly based. He just walks around and does what he wants to do. It's uh, kind of, it kind of starts, or you kind of paints the picture of like a, I don't know, like a glorified mall cop, like a Paul Blart for Ireland, 
Like he's just doing what he do. But that would well, be. Well, I mean, just, he's like, but he's capable. Like that's the thing no, no. That, but that's the thing. Like, it's de- yeah. it's deceiving. Yeah. Because then you find out that not only so I'm going to put a couple things out on Front Street here. Sure. Uh, all of the characters are pretty, uh, including the villains, have some depth, and yeah. they all have like they're written with a lot of intelligence. Yeah. So they make for very interesting characters. Like even the bad guys are kind of compelling and interesting. Everybody had like I felt like a through line to this whole movie is like moral compasses, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I feel like like a, a certain part of Gleason's character is kind of like he. I feel like he at one point maybe was idealistic in his life, but now it's just so like everything is so mundane, and he just is like going through the motions. You know what I mean? Like in the very yeah, beginning. He like is in that crime scene and he's making fun of the rookie because he's like the rookie's like talking about all these movie references and he's just like this is it's just he's dead it's a it's like it's bullshit you know yeah he's just, he's just sort of jaded what I mean you figure he's a small town cop there's probably not a ton that goes on right but then there is a murder they find a dead guy and the dead guy's uh you know the, he's he's got his you know shot in the head and he's got like a five and a half painted on the wall or something it's like what the hell's this and then. Uh, he gets a tip from a uh, from an uh, anonymous caller who is played by the Onion Knight from uh, Game of Thrones. And he says, "Check out this guy. He was he was getting into a spat with that fella. Bring him yeah. in." And they do so, and they kind of talk through, and they find out you know this didn't happen. Whatever. He's kind of led you know it's kind of a red herring. But mm-hmm. then you're introduced to uh, Don Cheadle's character. He's a he's from the FBI and they're here to stop uh <laughs> half a billion dollars worth of cocaine from hitting the shores of Ireland. Yeah, and to which which Gleason says, I thought when they, they showed the three suspects, one of whom is the onion knight, he's like, I thought only black fellows were drug dealers. Yeah, like so Gleason's character has like there's some racist undertones, but then he sort I, of drops it later. I believe he um, says that I'm Irish. Racism, racism is part of my heritage or part of my yeah. personality or something. Um, I well, I think like he, I don't, I, I, I mean, maybe I read this wrong, but I don't think he's like racist in any way. I think he's just like a dick. And he's just like pull. He likes pushing people's buttons. Like yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know, that's what, that's does. what I read. He's like, yeah. Super based and super like easygoing. I, I think, but he's, he's going to do everything in his power yeah. to bother everyone around him, so yeah. they'll leave him alone. Yeah, and I think like, he, he, he he's unders- doing this. Yeah, he's uh, he's almost doing the that so that he'll get kicked off this thing, so he doesn't have to deal with being on this task force and working with people. Yeah, I totally agree with Alec, and I think like he also like he he does a lot of shit later in the movie, and especially with Cheadle, where he asks like a lot of these kind of fucking stupid ass questions about like America. So, like he knows what he's talking about. Like he's just fucking with them. Like I think that's his whole his whole character. And like Alex said, and I think it's spot on is that he like all he wants is to be left alone, <laughs> which is I can I mean. We'll get to it later, but like one of my favorite scenes is like him and Cheadle just hook up, and he's like, well, "I got I got a day. I need to take. I got a day off. I scheduled it." And he he takes his day off to go have sex with two prostitutes. Like it's amazing. But yeah, he dresses like, like Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's <laughs> tremendous. Um, so yeah, so Don Cheadle's here. They're trying to catch these guys in the act of smuggling half a billion dollars worth of cocaine into Ireland, and the bad guys are consist consist of the Monday night. And Mark Strong, who I think is uh, 
very well loved and appreciated by the cast of movie, the podcast. And this third guy who just looks like a maniac. Um, also, you're introduced. Well, two things happen. You're, uh, he, uh, Brendan Gleeson's character, uh, Sergeant Jerry Boyle, uh, gets a, basically a new partner very early in the movie um, who investigates this murder with him or is doing the crime scene or whatever. And, uh, you know, he, same shit. He just gives him shit. Like the guy brings him a coffee and tries to be nice, but he's just, he wants nothing to do with him. I order, uh, I order what was it? He, he throws, yeah, he throws the coffee on the ground. Yeah. The guy drink a latte. And the poor guy mutters something. I'm like, fucking, I thought it was a cappuccino. cappuccino. <laughs> uh, and there's also some weird pervert that just runs around the island taking the pictures of dead people. But that guy's just that shit cracked me up. Like, yeah. he's like, oh, what is he? Isn't he with the media? He's like, no. He, no, he, it's what he does. Didn't he say something later on? He's like, that lad has an, a, he's got an affinity for photography that I, I like, I can't, I can't wrap my head around or something. It's like, he says something clever. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, the Brendan Gleeson's character, once again, is written very clever. Um, so they go to this debrief, and then Brendan Gleeson raises his hand and says, oh, by the way, this one guy got, one of the four guys you're looking for is dead. So, heads up. So, because he did that, because he raised his hand, because he explained that, and because there's obviously some evidence of this crew, or at least elements of this crew operating in his town, Pause, Don Cheadle real, real quick, yeah. Gogs, because we, we skipped over, like, a very pivotal scene. The opening of this movie is these kids joyriding in this car and th- flipping the car over and presumably all dying. Yeah. And Gleason drives up on the scene, sees the sees the carnage, grabs the kids' drugs out of his pocket and trips acid. And that's how the movie starts. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot he I forgot he took a hit of acid to open the film. Yeah, sorry. That that is like the open like it's a perfect opening scene for this movie and his character. It's kind of amazing. He's just dealing with the malaise of being a small town uh, cop. He just wants to be left let be. Um, so now him and Cheadle are investigating this thing, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, what the connections are, and yada yada. But then uh, Brendan Gleeson takes a day off to bang whores, and uh, that same day Don Cheadle walks around the island, and no one tells him anything. So <laughs> there's that. The uh, scene where he interrogates the couple that only speak Gaelic, and they subtitle the Gaelic, and it's like he, the guy's not being rude, but he's just like, I can't. He's like, if I knew what it was, I wouldn't tell you anyway. He's like, excuse me, I have to go fix this lamp or something. Yeah, my mother-in-law gave me this lamp. I need to fix it or something like that. <laughs> that shit killed me. Like he's uh, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then so Don, there's so, a very so, cute scene where Don Cheadle talks to a horse, which I really like. Like, yeah, so Don Cheadle can't brilliant. In love movie. that guy. Can't can't connect any dots. Um, Brendan Gleeson banging whores. Uh, one, meanwhile, one of whom, one of whom is uh, Queen Mauve from The Boys. The Boys. She looks. Fantastic. Oh, I didn't put that together. Yeah. Oh my God, she looked fantastic. I was telling Gogs like uh, I have to, I have to to uh, bow down to a Gogsism. She looks better as a blonde, and and then as uh, Queen Mauve. But she, oh, what Hachi Machi. As mm. they say, <laughs> that's what they say. Millhouse said it. Machi, machi. Um, <laughs> so, oh, his new partner also uh, comes across in the middle of the night after they had their briefing. Uh, pulls over these uh, the three drug dealing fellas uh, in the like kind of apropos of nothing. And I guess the local guard doesn't have guns. 
so he pulls them over. He basically gets executed. Well, even if he uh, had a gun, they draw on him first. It's not like he's got a chance to, like... You well, know he could have I mean? draw down to start with. If this was America, Jack, I, I, he would have been... Yeah. No, you're uh, right. So he gets got. So now he's missing. Uh, they store his body at, like, a suicide spot. So they introduced to his wife, who's coming to see Jerry Boyle and saying his husband, her husband's not here and going to go for on the look for him. So that's uh, a love, secondary plot point. She may, she knocks on the door. He opens the door. He's like, I'm sorry, love. The agency sent you to the wrong day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, this is before the prostitute scene. So that's hilarious that that pays off. Also, when he when she so, shows up, he's literally just in underpants. <laughs> like, he says, "Let me slip into something less comfortable,", less comfortable. and then he walks away. I love oh, Jerry Boyle. Um, rules. Also, like you don't get much screen time with the the new partner, but like I genuinely feel bad when he dies. Like it's oh, really yeah. like it's What's sad. A sad. Like he's like like the last thing he says is just get it over with so they can see what kind of cowards you are. Like, it's like, Oh my God. But like, he's only in like up to that point in the movie, the movie's just started really. And you don't get to spend that much time with him, but man, like his death was so much more effective than so many others that I've seen in, in movies that we reviewed. Oh yeah. Taken, really taken away by that. Also, uh, you find out from his wife that it was a, a marriage of convenience and that he was gay. And, <laughs> Gleason has the line where he's like, he 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 asked if like a man, oh, what did he call it, an angry rent boy might have killed him, and yeah. she's like, do you have a lot of rent boys down here? He's like, no, probably in Dublin somewhere. <laughs> like, they're shitting on Dublin the entire movie. First oh, yeah, of all, yeah, and Dublin's then getting it on this one. There was uh, there's a scene. So in that same scene, she's like, because she's Croatian. She's trying to explain what it means to be gay. And his response is, no, I understand the mechanics of it. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that all of his lines are delivered so dry and so oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, they're they're trying to do this investigation. They're teaming up. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, you know, Don Cheel's out for a run on the beach. And Brendan Gleeson's out there swimming in the ocean in a wetsuit. And they're having breakfast. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I was fourth in the Olympics. And. Yeah, in swimming, you don't get a. It's, but, but nobody knows what to make of Brendan Gleeson. And it's Brendan Gleeson downplays everything. Big fat guy, like he's not. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's not. He's a six know. foot one, heavy set fella, and yeah. but he's done his research. Like he knows about Don Cheadle's character, and he knows about like to to Alex's point, like he's smart, and he he's, likes to just push buttons and he's like very smart. Like he's very intelligent. Like it, that, that's something I think the movie does a great job in framing is that. Everything that he does, including what happens at the end, which we'll get to, is incredibly deliberate. Like, he is not stupid. I think in a lesser movie, he's like an idiot. But, like, he's very—he's quite the opposite. He's the smartest guy in the room, you know what Yeah, I mean? in a lesser movie, he's played for laughs. He's played for, like, like that, like and the idiot he's cop. He's still funny. He's still played for laughs in a different but, but way. No, but, no, he's, like, laughing. You're laughing with well, him, not I at him. Again, like, the, yeah. the Paul Blart uh, the comparison. Sure. Yeah. So... Um, so they start hitting it off. They start connecting dots about, all right, look, these people are here. They look at some surveillance video. Like they have some drinks together. They realize that the, the bar is under surveillance. And so the guy that got framed up before he was in that same bar, they find that video and they're like, Oh, the guys that maybe framed him up for the murder are probably saw him get into the fight that night. And then they look at that and you're like, okay, everyone's just operating. They figure they start connecting dots. Meanwhile, the, the bad guys are out preparing for this load of cocaine to show up and then it's revealed that 
the rest of the police force, not Don Cheadle and not Jerry Boyle, are all on the take. So they're intentionally, this whole task force is being led astray in like, uh, led astray on purpose. Um, so, you know, they're doing this, that, and the other. Uh, Jerry comes to some meeting, he gets, he shoots his mouth off. He basically gets, uh, not thrown off the force, but basically kicked off of the case. Well, maybe they put him under suspension. I forget. They don't really say. They just say he's like, he's off. He's not working anymore. And also, the rest of the whole movie, throughout the movie, well, before, before that, Mm-hmm. I think right before that, he meets one of the hookers for coffee. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she blackmails him because she took pictures of them. And then one of the drug dealers knew that or set it up or found da- out. Davos. I'm not sure. Yeah. Davos set it up. I'm not he, sure. But he yeah. uh, so he basically tells him, like, you're not doing this anymore. You're not on this case. You're not yeah. helping. And then right after that, he goes to the. He knows everybody's on the take, and he goes back, and they basically kick him out at the same time. And he's just like, "Whatever." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's at this point, he's sort of like he's kind of over it, right? Like, he's well, like fuck yeah. you then. I mean, he um, was he was disillusioned before, but I think like to have everything so blatantly in his face that everyone is just crooked. Like he, you know what I mean? He again, he just decides to just get like he's like, "I don't give a fuck." Like whatever. So then there was a couple of. There's a also, couple of vignettes. Dogs, I don't. Are you about to get into his mother? Because I don't. Yeah, I was about to say that. that. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Go ahead. So there's a couple of like little moments and vignettes in the movie where he's visiting his mother, who's in like a convalescent home or an old folks' home or something like that. And I see. I I took it as kind of like a hospice kind of thing because they they make it clear that she doesn't have much time left. Right. Right. Right away. But either way. So there's some sort of tender moments between uh between those two. Really, and he kind of like kind of helps flesh out like his yeah. softer side, and like even when he's being like sweet and kind to his mother, he tries to downplay it because I think he doesn't want people to know that is but, him. But, yeah, and uh, uh, and then there's a really like I'll just it doesn't really matter in the order of operations. Well, it does towards the end of the movie, but through these four little vignettes, like she wants to go, you know, they're hanging out, and he takes her to church, and she wants to go see live music again. And he finally takes you to a show and it's very, it's kind of, it's sweet and it's heartbreaking. And then the very next scene, uh, you find out that she's passed away and that she killed herself. Uh, and that is, it's just him solemnly packing up her stuff at this hospice and just, uh, just being very, it's, it's stoicism. Yeah. It throughout this is like his sort of thing. Yeah, and also one thing I'd like to mention when he's talking to his mom, the mom's like him, like the mom's got like, you know what I mean? She's she's quick to make fun of other people and she's, you know, he 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 sneaks her whiskey and she's got the same like I thought that was a little little cute nod how you can see where he got his kind of like cynicism from and his quick wit. I thought that was like a nice touch. Yeah, they're cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Um so, so investigation proceeds. He's blackmailed. So effectively, he's maybe out of the picture. Um, there's a scene in the middle of the movie where there's this little kid who's running around. And I don't know why they kept that. This became sort of a running joke in the movie. Um, but it gets dropped whenever the FBI, they mention the FBI here. They're asking like, oh, criminal behavior and like whatever it is. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, like, like behavioral psychologists. No, just drugs. And everybody goes, oh, and they get sad. Yeah. 
because everybody um, everybody wants everybody wants to meet the FBI profiler, like the yeah. serial killer guy, but not the drugs guy. It's like, oh, it's boring. But one of the kids who one of the people that asked us this kid who keeps showing up in the movie, and he's like riding this bike. He's got a dog, and at some point he calls this thing in. Where at first I thought it was a body they were pulling out of the moors. I thought it was going to be the partner's body. I thought it was the body That's of the cops. Exactly, exactly what I thought. But yeah. he picked it up so gingerly. I was like, God damn, Brendan Gleeson's strong. Um, but it's a bag full of guns and explosives and stuff. So I'm dumb. I was like, oh, no, I, I guess this I is like it... the. I think this is what the bad guys stash their guns and shit. Like this will be pivotal later. But it ends up being sort of this interesting side plot where he meets very much like when we watch the foreigner. Like this is Ireland. He meets his contact. This is an IRA weapons yeah. cache, and he meets a guy at an airport who's just doing multicolored pills. And he's like, hey, here's your guns and shit that I found. And then the dude's like, hey, wait a minute, some guns are missing. He's like, listen, are you going to give me a bunch of shit about this? Like, these are the guns I found. I'm doing uh, you a solid. Here's and, your and fucking explosives. Just to uh, just to put a pin in it, the kid the kid steals the Derringer at first. Yeah. And Brandon Gleason's like, give me that. And he's like, what is that? And it's a Derringer. Oh, that's what, what uh, John Wilkes Booth kill, used to kill Lincoln. And so I think that was a fun little... Like even that, even that little kid is written so intelligent. Like every conversation, there's no conversations in this movies with dummies. Like everyone has like very intelligent. They're written intelligent, but it's not like overly like it's no, still, it's not Diablo it's, Cody. It's it still like, seems natural. Like it yeah. doesn't. Even the kid seems natural. It doesn't seem like everybody's. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like the writer is talking. You know what I mean? It feels like yeah. these characters are talking. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so he returns the guns to the IRA and he goes back to do whatever he's going to do. And then the, uh, uh, the, uh, there's a scene where, so now he's off the case, Don Cheadle and the other chief of police, whatever, go to visit the, the wife of the, the missing, not yet known slain officer. And they're like, Jerry's not on the case anymore. And the other cop is just an absolute fucking asshole to this woman. And she's like, no, I'm only talking to Jerry Boyle. Fucking leave me alone. Like, they, they, the guy's just being, they're just laying on the fact the guy's a prick. Um, I don't know why they necessarily I, had I to show this. I scene. thought it was weird because up until then, he wasn't really a prick. He, they portrayed him as just like incompetent. Yeah, it was an odd. And then all scene. of a sudden, like, he's like a complete, like, piece of shit. And well, they, like, turned down to... the incompetence. They just made him a dick instead. Well, he's also trying to maybe set a little bit of a frame up on the the missing husband. He's like, I don't know, your yeah. husband shows up first day at work, and all of a sudden there's drug dealers here, and now he's not here. Kind of a coincidence. Like, but the way they made him seem before that wasn't like he was smart enough to even. No, I don't know because he got like yeah. he got confused by the code word about like giraffes and elephants fucking so that's a party he's like jesus christ we're just i, I agree with that like this scene does kind of come out of nowhere like it's a little weird i kind of get what they're doing but it, it's it's one of the few scenes in the movie where i'm like it didn't really work for me i it was, didn't understand like his motivate i get what he's trying to do but it doesn't it doesn't work like you almost seen a different cop character to do this scene yeah like, I, don't, I don't know of which they had plenty yeah they could have picked literally any other one so, so now the, the his so Brendan Gleeson's off the case. He's being blackmailed. His mom's dead. He's really got nothing left in the tank. So he's just going home, doing his thing. He hears from Don Cheadle that reliable intelligence has said that the they're operating down in Cork now. So he's going to Cork 
So he was like, well, good luck to you and whatever. So now he's sitting in his house. Uh, here's a knock on the door, goes to investigate, comes back in. And the psychopath of the triumvirate of uh, bad guys that are left is sitting there. And they have a little tete-a-tete uh, at gunpoint about I, I basically the my, guy monologues. My favorite thing is that, like if they just would have left, like they would have got away with everything. Yeah, yeah true. But yeah. they came back for him. And it, like he, he had already end. he had already not cared. He's like, I'm done. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was like, totally. do what you want. I'm out. If they would have just let him be, I guess it's kind of like uh shit. Is it Rambo? One of the Rambos. <laughs> like yeah. if you just let if you just let it leave him alone and say, you know what? Fine, you're good. You're done. Then you can probably do whatever you want. Get away with anything. Yeah. Oh, but they had to. They had to they send had to a psycho back to clean up the loose end, and he. They monologue for about twenty minutes, and then Brendan Gleeson pretends that he has crabs. That shit! Oh my that god! That was amazing. Yeah, he just keeps. He just keeps scratching his dick. Well, and, it's a call. It's a callback because someone else said something about. Yeah. Somebody. Some. Some. They might have said something about like some like a gay prostitute kept the Derringer in his underwear to like and that's so that's where I guess Brendan Gleason started keeping it. Um Dude, when he shoots him and like what does the, the psychopath guy say he's like I, I think, think you I finished think, me. I think you, you finished ended me. And then he calls he's like he calls Don Cheadle and he's like he's like I shot him and Don Cheadle's like is he dead? And he does this thing where he just kind of walks over there and like pats he tells him like, hold on yeah, he's like, hold on. He's like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> like, that shit's great. <laughs> but, like, the guy monologues the whole thing, confesses to the killing. The first killing was just a red herring to throw everyone off. They killed the cop just because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. They're yeah, going to the kill n- him. The just The to... number five and a half was just bullshit because he was yeah. just fucking high or something. Like, he doesn't, he didn't, it didn't have any meaning. So, uh, Brendan Gleason fucking zaps this guy. Uh, then he calls Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle's like, no, they're in Cork. We got reliable intelligence. Like, whatever, man. They're in fucking Spidel or whatever. Do whatever you want to fucking do. And so then he goes, and now he's having his, uh, this I consider like a Rambo transformation. He walks to his closet, and he's got his normal guard outfit. Yes. But then I he love, decides I to put on it. his, uh, his like, parade outfit, and he gets all dressed up. He's got, because he's got nothing left. Like, who gives a shit at this point? This is now, it's time to just go out, like, on your shield. So he fucking suits up and he heads down to the dock with his AK 47 and his nine millimeter that he lifted from the IRA. And he's about to uh, get down to business. Cause they're down at the dock. They're unloading uh, tons and tons, $500 million street value of cocaine out of this boat onto this truck. And Mark strong and the onion are there and Don Cheadle pulls up and he's like, all right, fuck it. All right, thanks for coming. He's like, I called it in. He's like, they're not coming. He's like, what do you mean you're not coming? And then dawns on Don Cheadle that oh, they're fucking here all by alone. Yeah. They're lonesome. Yeah, and that uh, everyone else is well, also, Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah. So they have this great conversation about like, have you ever been shot? And Don Cheadle's like, yeah, I've been shot. He's like, how's it feel? He's like, no, it's not too bad. No fucking hurts. Well, it fucking hurts. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're they're like bonding even more over this. He's like, all right, you cover me. I'm going in. And Don Cheadle's like, it's fucking suicide. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to arrest these guys for murder and for the minor offense of smuggling cocaine. Yeah. Uh, 
And then he just he walks in there. It's it's like that. It's kind of ends up being like that scene in Tombstone where Wyatt Earp just wanders out in the middle of the stream and just has a gunfight. And he's untouched. Well, he gets winged one time. He gets winged, but he's hilar- he hilariously is just like, star- he's like in a straight line, just shooting. Like, yeah. He's not taking cover. He's just walking straight in. And he's a big target. And they're like, they're like Don Cheadle's just unloading AK fire. Um, it's a great shootout scene. Uh, and then Brendan Gleeson, like, like, I think the only time he runs in the entire film, he truck, he runs and leaps onto the boat. Uh, Cheadle gets winged. He gets he pulls the trigger in auto mode and fucking zaps the boat, hits some gas cans. Fucking Brendan Gleeson gets blown back. What I thought was going to happen is he landed next to like a pile of exposed cocaine. I thought he was going to grab a handful of it and <laughs> shove it in his face and That'd then like a little, a little too much, but yeah, get busy. But he didn't. They showed some restraint, and he ends up like. Walking down, like all the guys are dead. Uh, the Onion Knight's been shot. Onion Knight's below deck on a on a bed. The whole the boat is on fire, and it's like drifting out to sea. Um, and he walks in there, zaps the Onion Knight, takes his gun away. They have a little back and forth. And Brendan Gleeson's like, "I'm just gonna let you fucking die here, peace." Uh, yeah, and it's and- funny because because the Onion Knight has that kind of thing that uh, Rachel Gould does or whatever. Uh, he's like, uh, you know, if you're gonna, if you want me to beg you to help you, you know, and then Brendan Lewis is like, whatever, man, see ya. <laughs> he's just, it's like, lad of, lad of bitch. <laughs> uh, and then, then the boat explodes, and Don Cheadle's watch the boat explode, and then it goes to the next morning where he's sitting there with a, his arm in a sling, just sort of staring in the same area, and there's no sign of Brendan Gleason, and everybody's like, they're the the kid who likes to film or take pictures of crime scenes and the smart, the plucky little boy kind of come back and kind of question him. And they're like, you know, when this is a happy ending, it's like, well, a good man died. It's like, maybe he's not dead. He is a, an Olympic class swimmer. It's like, that's bullshit. It's like, it might be bullshit, but it's easy enough to look up. And then Don Cheeto kind of looks to the ocean and a little smile kind of goes on his eye. And there's a little flashback about, I don't know if you're the dumbest guy I know or the smartest guy I know. Yeah. And then you're sort of left wondering. I mean, it's, it is, uh, it is not explicitly stated, but I like to say, I like to think because he mentions it, right. Brendan Gleason's like, even if I fuck these guys up, like it just means that the drug mafia or whoever's going to come after me, I'll get no peace. So it's better off if everyone thinks he's dead. So yeah. I like to, I like to think that he actually got away. I and think he's, he's living his I life somewhere. Dead, but I would I would like for him to live. But I, I think he died. Because oh. I, I also think that like part of the movie is him like you know once his mom dies and like I think he's definitely like he like at the end of the movie he just he just you know I think he was planning on dying. Like again, well, even he, said they're like like Don Shields like if something happens he's like who do you want me? He's like I ain't got nobody. Don't do right. anything. Just so I think, slap a medal on me like you then throw me in the ground. I think him going out in like a blaze of in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> Fill me up with cream. Turn me into a cannoli. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so that's the movie. Um, so I, uh, I thought that everything in this movie was pretty strong. Like I thought, I didn't really think there was a weak point in the whole movie. And I, I felt like, yeah, there was no like soggy middle. Like I was waiting for something that I didn't like to happen. And really the only thing I didn't like 
was that I wish we got more of Gleason and Cheadle together. And when that's your kind of complaint, I feel like it's a pretty good movie because I just wanted more of these characters because I like their interaction. Um, and I, I agree with Alec that the, the police chief, like being a dick to the wife, didn't make any sense. But I it mean, was unnecessary. It was one scene. But other than that, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I just thought I thought like it was really strong. I thought it was a pretty strong movie. I mean, Brandon Gleason's a great actor. Don Cheadle's a great actor. Um, it's a well-written, small movie. But all the side people were great, too. I mean, Well, yeah, like, all the bad guys were, like, compelling and interesting. And, I don't know, the setting was kind of fun. Like, it's... There, there was, like, a care to all of the dialogue in this movie that I don't think I've seen in a lot of films. Like, even, like, the small scene where... Uh, Brandon Gleason's getting blackmailed by the the prostitute, and you can tell like she doesn't want to do it. She's like got her her back against the wall. But even that scene, like her character is given like tons of character that I just don't see. I I don't know. It's hard to describe because it's a nuanced thing. But like I don't know. These Martins know how to write characters. Like I, I guess I can say that. Like it's also by the way, this is his first film. This was this was his uh, his first movie. This is big. The Brendan or uh, uh, Martin McDonough's brother, who's John Michael like, McDonough. John Michael McDonough. This is his first film, wrote and directed. Yes. Uh, Alec, did you like yeah. the science in this movie or the Derringer? I liked the art. The art. Mm. The art. The, was art. the art was my favorite part. I did like the art. Um, did, you, did you like the live Irish music? I mean, live Irish music is the best kind of music to be live. It's pretty. Sweet. I could have done with more river dancing. You could that always have cool. more river dancing. There was actually none in the movie. They could have used. They could have done some more. I agree. Um, I thought this movie was good. I, I I didn't think it was great. Like I didn't like love it, but it wasn't bad. Um, Brendan Gleeson is great, and Don Cheadle is great. Um, I I wanted more just Brandon Gleason. Like when they're riding in the car and they're talking about Don Cheadle's kids, he's like, yeah, I got two kids. And you want to see a picture? He's like, no, no. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? No. He's like, well, all babies look the same. The only reason that they don't is they're exceptionally ugly. Do you have exceptionally ugly babies? He's like, no. He's like, well, then I've seen babies. They look like your babies. I don't need to see your babies. Yeah. That shit's hilarious. When any normal human would be like, oh yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fucking but he goes weird. out of his out of his way to be a dick about it, <laughs> like five ways. Um, yeah, yeah, like it, it was it was good. Um, the bad guys were all good. And yeah. Mark Strong, like Mark Strong, should be the bad guy in every movie. Mark Strong is yeah. the best. And he I really liked, is. I liked his like slight character arc where he was like looking for like excitement, and then he finally gets like a shootout at the end, and he's like, "Oh, this is like fucking Christmas!" Like, I love that. I also like that he's like, "I didn't like sign up for physical labor, so you yeah, guys yeah. deal with the body." What he say is like, "When I when I signed up to be an international drug dealer, physical labor was not part of the deal." <laughs> Thought that was pretty funny. Uh, anything else, guys? Anything else for you into five knuckle shuffles? Uh, no, I'm, 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 I've said a lot. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Dogs. Uh, I'm even in a nine. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, it, I think it, 
I'm not going to lie. It, uh, uh, it subverted my expectations in the best way possible. Uh, it, it did the, uh, the anti version of a prayer before dawn, uh, because the cover of this looks kind of cheesy, if I'm oh, being the, honest. The posters for this, you want to look at bad posters. The posters are fucking terrible. The one that's on the Plex looks like a, a poster for like a Fox sitcom. Like, it's yeah, it, it looks the, the cover is the cover art is not. I was looking at this, I was like, I don't know if this is gonna be good. And like, um, if, if you look at IMDb, like, all of the posters are bad. Like, they don't have a one good one. They all look fucking terrible. <laughs> but, like, the movie is great. Uh, and uh, John Tito's great in it. Brendan Gleeson's great in it. Um, he is... He really is just, like, an excellent actor. And, uh, you know, if I'm sorry that Banshees went against uh, everything everywhere all at once. Otherwise, he would have the Best Supporting Actor uh, Academy Award this year. Um, but yeah, it, it, I really enjoyed it and I liked his, it, it almost took not quite, uh, as hard a left turn as observe and report, but there's actually a lot of parallels between this and observe and report sort of like the malaise and like the mom. And then like at the end it gets like violent. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun and, uh, I will probably revisit it because I enjoyed it very much. Alec. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as either one of you, but uh, I still enjoyed it. And like Brendan Gleeson is, I love that guy. Like I love the guy in like everything. I can't think of a Brendan Gleeson movie that I haven't. There's probably movies that I haven't loved the movies, but I can't think of anywhere. I haven't loved him. He's just a really good really good all-around actor who seems to be finding uh finding some mainstream success in the in the later half of his life um between all the harry potters and a lot of his dramatic roles and stuff he does now and some of his like comedic roles kind of like this yeah Um, yeah, i uh, forgot he was mad eye moody john john michael mcdonough how do you say his last name mcdonough Uh, he he loves He loves uh, Brendan Gleeson. He is in he's in another movie of his called The Cavalry, where I guess Gleeson plays like a priest or something that, again, is listed as a dark comedy. So I'll have to check that out. So he's a big fan of uh, of his work. Um, yeah, but I'll give it a seven. Uh, TJ. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be a nine for me, uh, dog. I uh, I really enjoyed this movie, and like I said, I uh, I it's a nine because I think like it, it's not like a movie that like blows you away. Like this isn't something that's like like I don't know, I, I don't know. It's not something that, like after I was over, it's like man, that's like incredible. But like it's just everything they do is is well done. You know what I mean? Like every facet of this movie is well made, and yeah, like well, it's it's a well crafted movie. And I feel it's not, like, a, blo- it's not yeah. a blockbuster. It's not like groundbreaking or no. And it's a story that yeah. I mean, really, the story isn't anything like like mind blowing. But it's just everything's like really well done. It's really well like well constructed. Alec is a great way to put it. It's just it's well constructed. It's well made. Well acted. Um, it almost has like 
more I, I know we keep bringing up his brother but like I feel like his brother's stuff is slightly more serious and this had almost like a Cohen brothersy kind of vibe in a way where it, I don't like, know it, I would say this this was kind of on par with like in Bruges yeah 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 I guess that's a fair point that's a fair point but it, it's still like dark it's like it's serious but it also has like comedic elements like I guess dark comedic elements. I, I just thought it was really good and it really worked for me. Also, the runtime was was perfect. Like it just, I never felt like the movie drug. I felt like it kind of jumped right into everything. And um, finally, uh, what's her name? Dominique, whatever uh, Queen Mauve. Like, oh my lord! Like uh, she get she she might you know she's amazing. Dominique like, McElegant. Where did she come? Like I don't know. I always thought she was she was good looking in the boys, but holy moly. Uh, that was a very pleasant surprise, but I really enjoyed this movie. And I thought like everybody else is saying, Brandon Gleason is just like, he just, he just pops off the screen. Like he's got so much charisma in this movie. Like you could, you could just watch him like the whole time. This could be like a, a there will be blood type thing where he's in every frame of the movie and I'd be in like, he's so, he's so captivating in this film. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. So uh, I was really hoping to hate it so I could piss Anthony off, but uh, I really enjoyed it. So very, very modest budget for this movie. Oh, I would imagine so. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's pretty, you know what I mean? It's pretty low, like not a lot take of location. Take a guess. Like, oh, I don't know. 700,000. Oh, that's over, so, over a million. Oh, probably, it's, probably oh, like it's, 20, 20 million. Six. Oh, well. well. Six million. I would million, think Don, would think Don Cheadle doesn't. Don Cheadle doesn't get out of bed for less than ten. <laughs> six this, six this, million dollar budget. This was, this was ten years ago, though. So. Six or million dollar budget, but twenty one million box office. So it's a certified hit. Yeah, and this is a movie I never heard of before until uh, Anthony brought it up. I this came and went. I mean, I I could understand why it's it's foreign. So like, I could see why it would come come and go. I don't know if it did it get an American theatrical release. I believe so. I remember seeing posters for it in America. Really, it was quite good. I mean, I like I said, I really enjoyed it, and I I look forward to watching his other films because he's got I think three other movies uh, that I need to check out. But yeah, uh, solid movie. Uh, good times all around. I believe this is a certified good ass movie by our metric. It is a certified good ass movie. Put that on the Blu-ray. All right. So who is whose pick is it next week? Who's already gone? I forgot. I've gone. I've gone. And I had a birthday pick, right? We already did. Alec, that. have you picked something this month? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah, and it's <laughs> your, your turn, buddy. Well, I, I'm down to two. Okay. Um, there's one. It's a movie called Seventy One. Okay. It's about the uh, Irish uh, Civil War. Is it the Civil War? I forget. I, I think it's the Irish Civil War. Okay. Um, in 1971 and uh a member of the irish army gets left behind in north ireland accidentally and he has to like make his way back out of north ireland oh i saw a post they had this this is that's not that old right it's like 2015 yeah oh it was much older because they showed this at the the charles i remember seeing posters for it okay that's either that or uh blown away I don't. Know, what's blown away? Blown away with the IRA and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy and Jeff Lee Bridges, Jones. the bombing, the IR, 
Tommy Lee Jones is the IRA bomber who's bombing Boston. The U2 album that he buys at a swap meets the soundtrack to the whole movie. Never seen it. I saw Arlington Road. I've seen Arlington Road. That's this unsexy sister film to Blown Away. Isn't that also about a bomb maker? It is. It is. But that's about like white nationalists or sovereign citizens. I mean, this is about Irish sovereign citizens. Yes. I'm down for Also white. I'm I'm down for either. Also nationalists. Both sound sound pretty good. Let's do 71 because 71 is actually set in Ireland. So everybody will be Irish. Either regular Irish or North Irish. All right, cool. I'll put it on the, the Plex. All right, next week, uh, 71. Going to be a lot of fun. Not about Irish baseball. Gogs, yeah. Do they have, what? I don't even, what is that? I don't even is it, that. Was it 61? Was that the movie? Oh, 61. God. Oh, that was the, was, uh, the Roger Maris. Barry yeah. Pepper played Roger Maris. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that movie. Thomas, Thomas Jane played Mickey Mantle. I believe yeah. so. Yikes. Bless you for remembering that movie. Like of all movies you remember, that's so fucking weird. It's just a number. You don't even care about baseball. I don't. Like, Seven, Seventy-one like is the movie about a Barry Bonds chasing <laughs> history, yeah. injecting himself in the ass with Balco steroids. That's like, that's like one time Gogs like threw around. He said something to me about the fucking Black Sox scandal, and I was like, "The fuck did this motherfucker like?" That's like. But you must have saw it in some mob movie because, like, it was tied to the mob. Is that how you knew it was it? about? It was the Field of Dreams. It was a subplot in Field of Dreams. Uh, oh, yeah, because Ray Liotta plays Shoeless Joe Jackson, doesn't right. he? That's yeah. correct. It's also a subplot in um, Boardwalk Empire, if you remember, because the the one guy was one of the guys that like fucking paid off all the baseball. Also, players. there's a song by this uh, folk singer I like called uh, Tennessee Mountain Landis. And it's all about Tennessee Mountain Landis, the judge who exposed the Black Sox scandal and made everybody pay. Fascinating. Tennessee mm. Mountain Landis, he's a like bad a, motherfucker. You're like a fucking uh, croissant. You got so many layers. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I got layers just as full of butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my, my arteries are clogging as we speak. <laughs> I'm like a nice right, laminated dough. That's the show. Uh, drink some green beer that's left over from St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yikes. Mm. Uh, all right, everybody. Bye-bye. Lad a bitch.